another episode of the Short Shoot Show, now brought to you by Human Go, Super League Triathlon's official AI coaching partner. That's right, we have a sponsor, which legitimizes us massively. And this one, that's right, is all about the Arena Games. What a show Super League put on in Munich. Plenty to dissect as we look towards London coming up on Saturday. Basically, the whole commentary team joins me right now on this episode, as they just about always do. In order of how long it's probably been since they ate fast food, Tim Don, Annie Emerson, and way out in front, Chris McCormack joins us on this episode once again. Uh, team, how are we going? What's the brought? Macca, you, you nearly were too late for the for the um, for the podcast recording, mate. What have you been doing all day? I'm, I've been adjusting the time with this daylight savings. That's why I missed it. I never realised the time change. But yeah, it's, it's Easter Friday here, so spent the day with the family and the kids, and yeah, it was good. Nice and chilled. And the sun's out finally in Sydney. So. Yeah, it is. Oh, how good is that? Finally. And I can see you've got the tight shirt on too, so that's always a sign. I'm about to go running. About to go for a run, you know? <laughs> All inspired after the arena games. <laughs> yeah, right. A four-kilometre run. No, a one-kilometre run. That's good on Three. you. Three. Well <laughs> what about you, Annie Emerson? How are you? Oh, top form. Oh, my God. I, yeah, buzzing from last weekend. And just like Macca, I've been inspired. I've been swimming. I've been biking, running, everything. Yeah, it's good. And it's also Easter Friday here too, Macca. You know, <laughs> just where you said it was like Easter Friday there, like it was only Easter Friday in Australia. You're just waking up to it. We've had it. Mm. Oh, okay. Fair enough. Okay. Australia's okay. Been, always been ahead of everyone else. That's it. We, we celebrate everything. First. Macca's already half a dozen That's chocolate true. eggs deep by this stage on Easter Friday. You've all got all that ahead of you. <laughs> um, and, and Tim, that's a lovely couch. What's the situation with you, mate? Yeah, oh, no, it's good. I'm with the in-laws um, for Easter. We've got the um, got Frida with me as well. She loves a bit of um, you know short shoot. Um, but yeah, no, I'm all good. Um, yeah, buzzing after last weekend as well. So nice to see live fans in the arena, and um, yeah, so I'm I'm really really up for dissecting it. But yeah, it's great racing as well. I thought to start the the the, 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 world, the world championship series off. This week's episode is brought to you by HumanGo, Super League Triathlon's official AI coaching partner. HumanGo is a unique training platform that will improve athletic motivation and performance because it understands how we train and why we train. Hugo, their AI assistant, understands your goals and changing commitments to continuously build an adaptive training plan with regular guidance for athletes of all levels. Yeah, before we look ahead at London, um, because obviously it's a three-race series and we're going to get a world champion at the end of it when we get to Singapore on May the 7th, but we'll go back and we'll learn some lessons from Munich and what happened. If you missed it, you can catch it on superleaguetriathlon.com on the YouTube as well, uh, YouTube channel, but we'll talk about the women first. And it was completely separate races between the men's and the women's, and it was also a completely separate race in the women's between Beth Potter and the rest of the field. Now, we did some deep diving on the data. Beth Potter... Of the 15 available sections of the race, if you like, which is the two transitions and the three disciplines in three stages, she won 10 of them. The fastest run split, the fastest average run splits in the history of women's arena games. And of the nine athletic disciplines of the swim, bike, run, she was fastest in seven. She only missed out by the other two by a second or two. She was supreme. She won by 82 seconds, which is ridiculous over a race that short. Um, and she just threw down the gauntlet to the rest of the, the Brits who will be joining her in London. Um, Annie, let's get your th- thoughts first on uh, and jump off the back, the rest of you, on, on Beth Potter because I just thought she was, she was, I mean, just perfect, really. 
Yeah, it was pretty much, um, as we saw, a, a one-woman show, wasn't it? She was uh, was amazing. I mean, it will be interesting to see when she's a little bit more under pressure um, how she performs, but you just can't fault it, you know. I mean, she she absolutely looked brilliant. The swim is all there. Um, we'll talk later, I think, hopefully, about the 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 uh, treadmills they're interesting watching her dominate the treadmill I think that her technique is just perfect for it it really works on the curved treadmill but what is there to say she um, wasn't challenged I mean and she looked absolutely brilliant and I think she's got a lot of confidence I spoke to her actually um, later on after the racing and um, she's very relaxed very chilled and completely comfortable with what she's doing and really confident about this year and qualifying for Paris and you know all things triathlon what about you, Macca? Oh, well, I think you said it all. The statistics say it all. It was a, a one-woman race there in the end, really. It's, uh, you know, we're expecting her to be to be dominant on the on the run. She was in the last Arena Games. As Annie said, her technique on that treadmill, the way she gets that treadmill up by leaning on those two bars as she jumps on was a technique I hadn't seen before. She was able to get to speed a lot quicker. Her transitions were flawless. Her pool swimming, we've seen in Arena Games in the past, is exceptional, but... In this racing, she is one of the best swimmers. So it was, uh, it was a flawless performance. It's just great to see. I think we talked about it in the coverage, the, the progression of her as an athlete, the discipline she has as an athlete, and, you know, to all, all the hard work paying off at the right time. You know, we've got Commonwealth Games this year and, and building into Paris. It's, uh, it's, it's a great time to be Beth Potter. Yeah, she was the first one selected uh, for Team Scotland. And in, in each of those races, and they're about 12-minute races, basically, she was fastest by almost a full 30 seconds in each one, and then a combined sort of athletic time distance faster of 82 seconds than Lena Meissner. And I think, Tim, like one of, one of the great stats that we pulled out is out of the heart rates that we were monitoring, she was amongst the lowest too. So she's got plenty left in the tank, and she'll, she'll need it when she comes to London with a strong field. That's right, but she also had... The, um, the quickest transitions, so technically it's the small things which are going to make a difference when it comes to London. And she had the highest, some of the highest average watts per kilo. So she had the lowest heart rate and she's pushing the most amount of watts. If she, if she, if she can go harder by raising her heart rate, she's only going to push more watts. And she ran the quickest having worked the hardest on, on watts per kilo. So I think it was... She raced the race and that's all she did. She didn't go deeper than she needed to. And that's quite scary when you think she dominated virtually every discipline by so much. I think if the competition's harder, she will be able to raise her game another 5%. And at world championship level, she's never been in that shape this time of year, in my opinion. Yeah, she's certainly in excellent shape. And she streeted the field and behind them were two Germans. Lena Meissner was one and... She was the best of the rest, along with Annabelle Canal. So we, we won't see Meissner in London, but we it was it was very strong for for a, I guess a new athlete to this style of racing because we always talk about how experience counts in in Super League. And uh, Lena Meissner was she just continued to be strong, and when the others fell away, she didn't. And what did you think of the the two Germans who came in ahead of people who do have uh, experience like Anna Godoy and Alaria Zanemacher? Well, I think the takeaway from the two Germans being that being a home race, but being so young, you, you saw, as, as Tim just said, in, in arena games racing and this really short dynamic racing, it's refining those little things, those transitions. 
And these young athletes are coming from this style of racing through the junior ranks, and they're so polished to that. So they're able to transition into arena games racing a lot better than some, maybe some more of the older established stars. I was expecting a lot more from Anna Godoy with the big swim. She had a great series, a great race over the three racing, but the two Germans, the, the youth was on their side. They raced very, very well together. They had Beth up the road to, to chase, and they had that home court advantage. So I thought uh, I thought they were exceptional. The inexperience, you wouldn't have picked it, and uh, I think they did the little things to perfection, and that's why we saw the results out of them. Any any thoughts on, on those two? Because I, I just feel like, you know, obviously they're in front of the home crowd in Munich. You know, a similar thing is going to happen when you've got like a Sian Rainsley, et cetera, who, who come in as a, as a great British athlete when we get to London. But those two, it, it was good, and especially considering we could welcome some fans into the arena. Macker and I weren't in the arena. You were there. So what was the support like for those two? It was brilliant. It was really noisy. I mean, and I think the fact that they were able to perform under that kind of pressure in a, you know, their hometowns, so to speak, um, you know, said a lot about them. Um, they're both fairly young and inexperienced, certainly at that style of racing. Um, I mean, it was just brilliant to have the crowds there. Um, and I think you mentioned um, Anna as well. I mean, Anna had a, a five-second penalty for not putting her stuff in and swim stuff in the box. So that could have been different. She swam really, really well. Um, she had the second fastest time behind Janet Bragmeyer from Hungary, who um, won the first um, heat when Petra was disqualified. So, um, you know, Anna Godoy, I think we'll see a little bit more of her in London. I think, you know, she's, as we talked about in the last podcast, Maka, you know, she knows she's got it. She's just yeah. got to deliver and not make silly mistakes. Yeah, 100% correct. And you mentioned, you mentioned Janet Bragmeyer there, you know, who faded in the final. Honestly, she, I thought she was going to be better, um, but she did win her heat. Uh, we'll talk about why she won her heat or one of the reasons in just a second. And she did it with the fastest swim of the day. And you mentioned with Lena Meister and her swim as well. Swim set up this style of racing. We see it again and again, and we see it, we'll see it in the men when we talk about that too. But Tim, do you, on the ground there, you really notice how how important a strong swim is. Bragmai ended up with a 217, won her heat, but she couldn't pull it through in the final. Yeah, I think the swim's absolutely key, especially in the first heat, because that sets you up. If you're not in that lead pack or A pack in the first heat, you're swam on your own, obviously, and then you're riding on your own, so you're just burning matches. And that's only in the first of five races. So swim is crucial in the heat, so you can conserve energy. But it's interesting, some of the the classic triathletes, they, they they didn't drop off in the second swim as much as some of the pure swimmers. Um, and we definitely saw that in the men's. So it's not it's not the be all and end all, but you need to be in that, that pack. And again, I, I think Anna was on the back foot. She was flustered. She didn't look ha- um, herself from Rotterdam and from London last year. That five second penalty threw her. I think she would have looked at that start list and thought a silver medal is a shoe in. Um, I'm hoping she's going to, you know, Take some, take something from that, and come to London with um, not complacency, with not less complacency. But she's really going to be in the zone and not not just expecting to to jump on the podium. Because as you said, the, the young German women they stepped up in their home event, and yeah, they were they were impressive. And they raced for second once they realised Beth had gone. I think there was a bit of tactics um, because the run times on the last race were there was twenty seconds between them. So I think one of them was sandbagging on the bike a little bit. <laughs> it's, it's good to have your yeah, I mean as a professional sandbagger it's good to have your input uh, you can certainly know when, when, <laughs> when the rest of us missed it because we're quite yeah. uh, that's good from you um, the DQ was a big was a big part of this uh, in the um, second stage of the second heat um, 
Petra Kurikova, Kurikova, Kurikova. Kurikova, yeah. Spitting. She wasn't, I mean, she wasn't near anyone, but she walked back to the back of the uh, pool deck and spat on the ground. And then she got the the red card from the World Triathlon official. And that's caused, I mean, I've seen it on plenty of websites that aren't triathlon websites. Like it's moved into the into the world, like on Sport Bible and different things have, have picked up on this story um, because she was obviously in tears, very distressed afterwards. I, I, it's hard to it's hard for me to have a take on this. You guys are all uh, multi sport legends, so let me let me get your thoughts, Annie. What do you, what do you think first of all? Because um, you know it's it's a tough it's a really tough one. Yeah, it's a funny one. I mean, when you say to like people who don't get sport, oh yeah, she she spat. They're like, oh wow, that's that's gross. But actually, if you look at the coverage, she just kind of puts her head down and does it quite subtly. I went for a run yesterday and I gave up on the amount of times I spat when I was running because <laughs> we just do it, right? Like it's a natural reaction when you're an athlete. You're just clearing, you know, whatever saliva out of your mouth. Is it right in an indoor situation? No, of course it's not. But the athletes aren't used to racing indoors. And I think you just kind of got to give them a little bit of a leeway. I mean, I don't know if in the race briefing they were told that if they did, then they would be DQ'd. And, you know, and with all the stuff of, you know, COVID and stuff, you know, I guess people are going, oh, God, you know, it's pretty gross. I don't think she should have been DQ'd. I think she should have got a warning. Um, but it was the ITU official. Um, I think Super League on their own wouldn't have DQ'd her. Um, I think the ITU official jumped him and was a, a bit quick to, you know, yeah, to... Um, to punish her, I suppose. And it was devastating because she, she looked great in the heat and, and we lost a, a great athlete um, in Munich. So, yeah, those are my thoughts. I've gone off on one because, as I said, I went out running and gave up on the amount of times. Mm. But, sorry, too much information there, but there you go. Don't run past Annie is what we can all say for this. You're going to cop one run. Yeah, don't. He's, just, uh, he's a spitter. Macca, you agree? <laughs> oh, I thought, it, yeah, I thought it was a rough call, a really rough call. I agree with, with Annie. I think uh, a warning would have gone down a lot better than that you know you get in the zone it's before it's before a final she was clearing her goggles she put a tongue in the goggles to mates to stop that fogging you just sort of have this natural routine that you do like how many times have you been at the pool licked your goggles put them on had a little spit it's not and she she went out of the way and did it now they were probably told this in the in the briefing that it wasn't it was wasn't permitted it was verboten but uh yeah i just thought yeah it was it was a it was a heavy call, and uh, especially from an athlete who had who was one of the favourites, who'd won the heat, and was one of the favourites to do very very well in that in that race. She was in her zone; you could see it on, on screen that the the screen didn't lie. She was in the zone, ready to go, and it was just a a clumsy thought. It didn't affect anyone. I thought it was a rough call. A, a, a time penalty would have been a, a better something better than than a pure DQ. Oh. Well, this is this is your workplace. You know, you guys like you know that, and and this desk right here is my workplace. So I'll just get rid of that, and uh, and I'll ask Tim what he thinks. <laughs> DQ him, Tim. Yeah. Listen, well, um, yeah, I haven't got a stripy top on. If I had a black and white striped top on, like the officials, I did like that touch, and I had my red card like my old man did when he was a referee. You know, it was a tough call. Um, I think um, they were told in race briefing that that was the situation. But um, the fact that she went out of her way, when is the field of play? The gun hadn't started. Um, You know, if the referee had been looking the other way, nothing would have happened. It'll be interesting to see um, if World Triathlon are going to be officiating at Super League 
races later in the year as well. But definitely in the arena games, it was the harshest lesson. I just hope she comes back with a vengeance in London because um, even after the women had finished, she was um, she was on my shoulder crying and I didn't know what to say. She was like, but what can, is it in the rules, Tim? Where's the rule? And I'm like scrolling through the 400 pages of World Triathlon rules. Um, so it was a tough call, but hopefully she can rise above it for London. What happens? Do you get a spit bucket or what? what is the future? How do we move past that? Like, because let's face it, we are, uh, they are athletes. You are working up and you, you, you do, as you said, Annie, you go for a run and you spit and what, what, what is the solution? Maybe it's because we're now moving indoors and this is a new arena that we race in. These little things may need to come. Is there a spit bucket? Is there a, a spit cloth or what do we do? That's that's the question. It'll be like an airport, like it'll be a smoking room. It'll just be like a spit square. The spit square, you've got to spit in the spit square. That's it. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> or could we have instead of ball ball boys and girls, could we have spit boys and girls so they follow the athlete with a bucket? So then when they're on the move, they've got these and we could use that with a logo on their kit. It's like a, a moving spittoon for the athletes, something like that. Not when they're racing, obviously, just before and after. So what you're saying, we're going to pay someone to walk around and just about get spat on by people during a race. You've, you've run a hard, like you imagine doing a hard 1,000 metre effort on that treadmill. Like you generate some stuff, like you spit. You 100% yeah. are going to spit, yeah. right? Like I, it's, I, think, uh, I think the problem is, is that Will doesn't really get it, obviously not being yeah, yeah. You don't, you don't generate it when you, right? get your heart rate up, Will, and you'll see what happens, you know, like. I'm just thinking of all the money I'm going to make in selling PPE to Super League. It's like a no-brainer. It's a million-dollar contract right there with all the PPE deals going on. <laughs> Maybe they could run with one of those big, like, gigantic plastic face things that people wear. That's it. I'm not about, I mean, like, you know, the, the full hazmat suit. Yeah, yeah. the full hazmat It'll be hot in there. You're going to have to, they're going to have to swallow this bit, I think. That's what it comes down to, right? Yeah, yeah. Say <laughs> so it's a big greenie. Oh, dear, mate. That's enough. I say spit bucket. I say bring out the spit, spit bucket. bucket. <laughs> All right, so yeah, we're talking about that. We've talked about the fact that she just shredded the field. She's going to have a very different field to look forward to in London uh, because we welcome back. I mean, for example, we mentioned that, you know, Beth Potter pushed four and a half watts a kilo on the bike, and she was the highest average watts for every one of the three rounds. But Jess Learmont, who will join us, uh, in London, well, she did 5.2 watts a kilo in Rotterdam, uh, and when she ended up with 30 of 30 points, and also out of Leeds comes our Super League triathlon champion Georgia Taylor Brown. Um, so those two alone, uh, Olympic medalists, are going to bolster this field incredibly, and in, especially in front of a sellout London crowd. So, you know, what are your thoughts on that trio first of all, because they're the biggest names in this race, and they all are out, they're all out of Great Britain, and because you're so biased towards Great Britain, Annie, I'll let you open with this. Well, I mean, bias for for a very good reason, right? Okay, where were the Australians in the women's field? But no. Anyway, so um, what do I think? I think it'd be really interesting. I think that you know Beth possibly has Beth probably has slightly the upper hand because she's been there and done it, and she's sharp. You know, she's got into that sort of arena games race mode. Um, and Tim's shaking his head, not sure why. But yeah. um, I but I still think that you know Jess and 
and Georgia, when they come to the races, just every time they never bring a bad race. So even though they've not been in Munich, they're going to be sharp and on fire. They're not going to be there if they don't think they've got a chance of winning. But it'll be interesting to see, because as we've seen with all the heart rate data and stuff, Beth was not pushing herself 100%. So she's got a lot more tank, a uh, lot more in the tank. And I think it's going to be a really exciting race to watch those three go head to head. Yeah, it really yeah. will. Absolutely. When Georgia Taylor Brown, she doesn't have any barriers to run into. She doesn't have any short shoots to accidentally take. It's just all about <laughs> athletic performance. And, like, her, She's I mean, just got her spittoon boy to run into. That's going to be her problem. <laughs> That's true. <laughs> yeah, it could be a problem. Look, I, I tend to agree with Annie. I think I think Beth has a lot more when you're, t- when you're 80, 90 seconds up on the rest of the field. You you say you dig deep, but you're, you're in control for the whole event. I uh I think there's a lot more she's going to deliver on the bike. I think she's got a lot more to give on the run. But Jess Learmonth and, and, and Georgia Taylor-Brown aren't just Olympic medalists, Will. They're Olympic gold medalists, right? When you win a gold, say gold, man, you know. Right? <laughs> they're Olympic gold medalists. So, you know, over this this type of distance, they're, they're the best in the world. And I think, you know, over Super League racing, we saw it in the championship series. We've seen it in arena games. They are, they are the gold standard. So I, I'm just excited to see... Those three women go head to head in what will be a remarkable event in London. To pick a winner, I, you can't go past Jess Learmonth, right? But on form, it's, it's Beth Potter. But Jess Learmonth has shown in this style of racing, she is unstoppable. And Georgia Taylor Brand just sort of sits in there and just always smiles. Never looks like she's doing. She reminds me of Hamish Carter. Never looks like he's she's in any effort. Her style's remarkable across all three disciplines. She she just looks controlled, smiling, and and suddenly wins an event. She's she's an amazing athlete to watch. Yeah, it could well be an all-British podium. We've got Sian Rainsley as well, who's elevated herself up into world number 15. She's got a really interesting story, actually. Um, she battles Crohn's disease and has had has done for the last three, four years. Well, more longer than that, probably five or six years now. Um, but she's she's working around that and, and, and has elevated herself into the elite ranks. So that quartet of Brits, Tim, do you think that is where our podium comes from? Because we also welcome Cassandra Bogran, we welcome back um, Anna Godoy as well, who will be better. Uh, Zanette Bragmeyer is there as well uh, in a field of 10. But is it, is it Brits 1, 2, 3 in some respects? I think, I think the key component for Beth, what she missed, is regardless of her heart rate and her data, is the swim. She's going to swim five to six seconds slower than Jess. Jess is used to riding on her own in these races. I think Jess could do a Beth Potter in London. Cassandra Brogrant's interesting. She is running phenomenally at the moment. I mean, she ran 9.02 indoors for 3,000 metres. And we know she's a great swimmer. I, I, I don't know how well she swims in the pool, but if she can go down to 2.12 and, she, you know, and she's ahead, um, that could alienate Beth. Um, and then that's going to be interesting, you know, how strong she is in her mind to come through. But I just think with Jess' powerful swim, um, yeah, she, Jess is going to be kind of going to be off the front from the first race and there's no tactics in this race for Jess and I think she hates tactics she hates sea swims the intricacies she just likes pure hurting herself and that is what she did in every arena games that she raced in last year in Rotterdam so it's going to be interesting how the other women step up but then Beth's got the form she's won the ETU cup now she's just won the arena games but I think Jess is going to be hard to beat. I think the wild card is um, Cassandra Bogran. Um, yeah, she's got an English boyfriend now who's moved back to England, moved back to Loughborough, trains where I train. So I've seen her a few times in and out. So this is an adopted home crowd for her as well. 
she's English then. What Tim's saying is Cassandra's no longer French, she's English. So now she's good. <laughs> basically, basically she's English, yeah. She likes the roast beef. The roast beef is amazing. But the, the one thing with Cassandra, I, I tend to agree. She, uh, swim, swim is exceptional. I think she's a great pool swimmer. Run is always there. But these treadmills, as we're learning, is a very, very different run than, than uh, an indoor run. So getting that treadmill up to space. Mm. But I found being a scorpion last year in the championship series and working a lot with Cassandra, she can be clumsy in transition and she'll be exposed if she doesn't tidy up those transitions at Arena Games. Mm. She'll be there. She has to have quick transitions. And she wasn't last year during the championship series. So, Well, one man, we, we'll move on to the men's now. One man who, you know, delivered on better transitions and that delivered him the race was Aurelian Raphael, who he wasn't, he was still in the middle of the pack when it came to transition time. Once we crunched the numbers after the race, he wasn't the fastest, but he no longer was the slowest. Uh, Justice Nietzschlag was the fastest through transition, but Raphael was athletically number one. So in the swim, bike and run alone, he was number one, six seconds ahead of Max Stapley anyway in the end. But if you remember in Rotterdam, he wasn't too bad either, Raphael, but he lost 20 seconds to Alex Yee and Martin Van Riel in transition. So transition, a crucial part of it. And Raphael finally got that right or got it better and it delivered him a victory, uh, even though he is 33 years of age and he was up against guys who were sort of 15 years younger than him. We think it's a young man's game, but... Good to see him do the job. And he's been around Super League for such a long time. And he's going to be in London as well. Macca, what were your thoughts on Aurelian Raphael and how he delivered that? And he did it off the back of big swims. Well, he's always been an amazing swimmer. I thought he looked unbelievable in that orange suit. He got the brown skin and uh, he looked remarkable, so athletic. And I, uh, he's always had that huge swim. <laughs> he's always had the huge swim. I was sitting there going, wow, like he was swimming amazing. But I think he took away from those last arena games the importance of transitions. He refined that because he was right over it. He was out of the water quickly, in between, onto the bike very, very quickly. If you watched his transition, he would put his feet on top of the shoes. He'd slide that right foot in and then ride with one foot in the shoe, one foot out until he got up and get into that group, then settled, put the shoes on. I thought he was remarkable. I think he's going to be very, very tough to beat for the whole series. I think he's targeted this. His runs are exceptional. The transitions are exceptional. But that type of swim, you tell me how you can, how you can dislodge him. It, it's going to be tough. Annie, do you disagree in any way? Because we've got quite the field, but it's not probably not as strong as a women's field in London, but it's still strong. Oh, my God, he was brilliant. He's the best, isn't he? I mean, it's great. You know, that little interview that I had to do with him before he dived into the water was like, no, no, no one's going to beat me. I am on fire. And I think when you see an athlete come to the Arena Games, you know it's totally focused and prepped for the Arena Games. That's what we're looking for. It's just brilliant. It's brilliant. He's left no stone unturned in terms of his training, his preparation, you know, and those transitions as well. Um, and, you know, I mean, I know there's an age thing there of like seeing this 33-year-old guy, you know, whip the other guy's butt. He didn't quite understand what I said, uh, what whip the butt was, which is busy, and I'm not surprised either. I don't know why I said it, but he did. Who's going to whip my butt? I don't want my butt whipped. <laughs> again. Annie, Annie, you whip the butt. Um, but, yeah, but again. But, you want to whip my butt? Uh, uh, yes, I can whip his butt. Well, anyway, <laughs> let's change this. Let's change them. Um, that one. Um, anyway, where was I going with that one? Whipping the butt. Um, <laughs> you don't want to have to come over there and whip your butt. It's a bit. It's a. It's sort of a bit early in the morning to talk about whipping butts, isn't it? Anyway, um, he um, he was just great. It's like as as Maka said, you know, I love watching a guy dominate like that. Um, and he deserved the win. He absolutely deserved it. And he is going to be hard to beat. You know, looking at the numbers, he's just nailed it. 
Yeah, Tim, you mentioned um, how you know a strong swim sets it up, and if you miss that bike pack, you, you're basically stuffed in the world of Zwift. Um, and it happened to, I guess, Aurelian's um, two major competitors, at least on paper. First was Alex Yee. He was two seconds back out of the water in stage one because it was a hot pace in the water with Stapley, um, McQueen, Raphael, etc. And by the end of the bike, he was 15 seconds off. So he missed the pack, even though he rode 5.6 watts a kilo, which was the highest watts a kilo of anyone. He couldn't get back. Then in the second stage, Martin Van Riel made a little error getting onto the bike in stage two. He missed the pack. And that was it for him. And we saw the, the pain that he had to go into. So when you got swimmers of that quality, if you miss out, it doesn't matter how good of an athlete you are, you're going to get shelled. Absolutely. And I think um, it, it's not just you're getting shelled. You are working harder and going slower. And that has a knock-on effect for the next heat and then the finals later. And Alex, yeah, I think that, that put him on the back foot. I mean, the, when you zoomed in on his face on that bike ride, he was trying. And then you could see that frustration frustration come in. And then he was up, I'm trying, I'm trying. And he was just yo-yoing and losing time, losing time. Martin, he just made a cock-up of the transitions. He really did. Um, and yeah, that's just unacceptable, you know, with his calibre of athlete. He knows how important it is. And I don't even think he's turning up to London. I think he's, um, he's, he's decided not to come to London. So that's a bit of a shame. But I do think um, Alex is in Boston at the moment as well. So again, at the Boston Marathon, I hope he's not doing too much this week. Because as you said, Raphael, he was absolutely fantastic um and he is when one athlete prepares for this with his caliber everyone else is in so much trouble i know he got the trundle wheel out a couple of weeks ago and he was measuring reps that is how specific and when you're training specifically for this with his awesome this world champion written all over him he's he's that good yeah, the the swim prowess is what it's built on. Stapley did a 202, which is that record that Raphael already held. I wonder whether we see a sub two in London. Let's hope we do. The other one that's pointed out to me was that Alex Yee, even though he was way off the back, I think he's sixth or like back, he still recorded a a a world record arena games run in stage three for no reason. We ran a 2.41 right at the back for no reason whatsoever after everyone else had already finished. So just odd stats to throw into the mix. I hope we do see a sub two in London. And, well, we welcome back Alex Yee again. We welcome back Gordon Benson, Max Stapley, Justice Nieschlag and Aurelian Raphael, who were all in the Munich final. And we had names like Nicolas Strada, Jeremy Briand. There's 20 total athletes from 13 nations representing their federations in the men's race in London. Can be a really interesting one, Mac. What what are we looking forward to? What are you looking forward to the most out of uh, out of all of that? Look, I, I enjoy the, the the swims, right? I enjoy these swim times, like two o two, man. Like it's some serious swimming. Like I, it blows me away that they're they're dropping these times, and there's not just one or two of them. The entire field's there, and, and we're talking about oh, he missed the pack with a with a two o five swim. You're like, my God, that is fast swimming. You know, and then you're getting on the bike, jumping on and, and going all out for 4,000 metres and then and then running a 241 1K. It's ridiculous. The lactate and the pain these athletes must be going through is obscene. So I enjoy that. I enjoy seeing their faces. I enjoy seeing the frustration. We saw that with Martin. We saw that, uh, you know, when he had that poor transition. We saw, as Tim said, we saw it with, with uh, Alex G during the race, the frustration of knowing you should be there and not being there because you made one little error. 
That's what makes Arena Games Racing cool. That's what I'm looking forward to seeing. And I'm seeing these new athletes come through and experience it for the first time and walk away. Everything I'm reading on social media is nothing hurts this bad. So it's a, it's great to see that a distance so short can be so painful. Yeah, good to see 20 athletes put their hands up, especially a whole bunch of new athletes. We'll also see Zhao Silva. He'll be back. He finished 10th yeah. in Munich. Simon Henselite wasn't as good as I would have hoped for him. He was 15th. Russell White was 12th. Uh, they'll probably be better better for the run. And, you know, what we saw, Annie, in, um, in Munich was the top five. We talk about Aurelian Raphael and how dominant he was. But in the end, it could have come to any of five different athletes. The top five finished within 14 seconds of each other. So it's not as if he streeted everyone. And now you've got guys that have already had a race. Are we going to see that kind of close racing again? And, and, um, and what are you looking forward to in, in London? I think it's going to be a tight race in both the men's and the women's. It, well, w- without a doubt, absolutely nothing's going to change. It's going to be super close. Um, I, I was really fortunate to meet Max Stapley. Have you guys come across him? So I had, I, I, he's such a chatterbox. So I met him in the airport um, and we were, we were chatting. Well, you do realise that he is another near Brit because he now lives in Leeds and he's going out with uh, Kate Wall. Um, so I think we can take him as a Brit, can't we, Tim? Yeah, Bucko was texting me that during the event because we said he was an Australian born in France. And uh, living in, and he said, dating an, dating an English, dating, yeah, Kate Woff, so. I got, a, I got a message from Vicky Holland saying um, he lives in Leeds, he's from Leeds. Yeah, I got the same. <laughs> it was just, guys. <laughs> <laughs> there you go. He's Australian, isn't he? Yeah, so, we're taking all. living in Leeds, come yeah. on, like, you've got to get over it. The, 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 the Australian yeah. triathlon team has imploded, he told me. It's nothing left. So you just kind of... Right, so now the, your nationality is wherever you happen to be living at that exact moment. Is that the new rule, is it? Only if you're fast and you're living in Britain. But um, Max is a great kid. He's only 23, comes from a big surfing background. We talked a lot about that. He's happy. He's excited. I think he's a bit pissed off with, you know, T.A., um, and he wants to prove to them. He said it was it was interesting that the British um, guys, coaches, called him, texted him, said what a great race, but he didn't hear from Triathlon Australia, which is bitterly disappointing. But I think that's fuel no for surprise. the fire. And I think is there a Triathlon Australia? I don't think there's a Triathlon Australia anymore. I don't even know if it exists. I don't think it does. But but Max is the guy. Watch watch this space because just talking to him, he's hungry. He's loving it. I think Arena Games. Um, has inspired him. You know, what a result. But again, yeah, going back to your question, well, it's going to be closed without a doubt. Um, but I think we just got to back, back Aurelian. But I think the thing is, as you said, it's like it's so easy to make a mistake. One tiny mistake, as we saw with Alex Yee, Tim and I were watching the screen, weren't we, when he dropped off. At one point, he'd got to within about three, just under three seconds on the bike. But that tiny sort of two seconds lost in the swim just screwed him, really. You know, that was it. It was game over. And that's what makes Arena Games so exciting because one tiny cock up and you're out of the race. Yeah, the same thing could happen again this time around with all those swimmers in there. If you're Alex Yee or you're Gordon Benson and you think, gee, I, might, I, I just can't miss that first pack. And um, we saw how well Justice Nieschlag swam. His transitions were impeccable. He was way ahead of everybody else. So, Tim, I mean, what's your looking at those names there? I mean, how do you think this is going to shake out? What's your podium for London? I, you can't beat the French man who's going to be English after the weekend. Um, and I think Nishlag's just going to grow with confidence. Um, he knows how to race. He knows how to race these races. He's won before. 
Um, it would be nice to see a Britain there. Benson got unlucky because he was running really well and he was in the right position and um, his avatar stopped for a cup of tea. Um, so he got the slowest time for the last race. So he would have been really frustrated. One thing I think all the coaches will be looking at, not the athletes, Alex Yee swam six seconds quicker than last year, over 200 metres. When we go open water, everyone be prepared for a much better swimming Alex. That is absolutely a massive improvement, but that's not going to help him in London. Um, I think we're going to see a similar pro, um, similar podium. I really do. But I think it's going to be closer. And it's great when it comes down to that sprint finish. It really is. It really is. And it's going to be a packed house at the Olympic Stadium, uh, Olympic Aquatic Centre in London, in Stratford. It's going to be fantastic to watch. I cannot wait to get there and call it with uh, with Maka. You guys enjoy it from on the ground as well. Thank you so much for joining us on the Short Shoot Show. And we'll see you for the next one.